0: And joining us now here on the Rita Cosby Show to talk about what all this means is great former federal prosecutor, Doug Burns. Doug, um, how do you take it that now we're hearing, first off, suddenly today was canceled. That was wild. Everybody thought there was going to be a grand jury session today, maybe even an indictment today. And Uh suddenly they canceled it. And now Uh it looks like they're coming back tomorrow.
1: What I think happened there, in fairness, real quick, is that, you know, and I want to address the Costello testimony, obviously, because that's huge. But what happened was um, I think the DA is scrambling and, and, and flailing, seriously, is the best way to describe it, to get some type of ostensible rebuttal. Uh, to Mr. Costello and the person wasn't available I mean that's what I sort of deduced reading between the lines so therefore it was canceled today you know and adjourned until tomorrow but let's talk about Mr. Costello because there is nothing more devastating um, to a lawyer in a courtroom or in a grand jury than getting caught cherry-picking and hiding information trust me when I tell you that I've been doing this for 37 years I'm chuckling and the point is Mr. Costello's testimony, Rita, about how Cohn is a liar, that's one discussion, okay? Prosecutors use liars all day long, but in very compelling, very serious cases. For example, to convict a huge drug dealer, to convict a big organized crime figure. Trust me, you don't use a serial liar in a Mickey Mouse ridiculous laughable case. That's what this is. And it pleases me to no end. To see Professor Dershowitz describing calmly how he has taught criminal law at the Harvard Law School for 50 years, and it's one of the dumbest, weakest cases he's ever seen. That tells you volumes. But back to Costello, what's 10 times more devastating, Rita, um, and the listeners— 10 times more devastating than Mr. Costello saying Michael Cohen's a liar up and down is him calmly saying, I gave the district attorney's office 326 emails. They showed you six. That is devastating, okay? Devastating. That will alienate a jury beyond all reason every single time. And you nailed it. You hit it right on the head reader. So, you know, Mr. Costello said in the interview, I turned to the grand jurors. I said, you should demand all of them. And where you hit it on the head was they very well may have done that, Rita.
0: That's interesting. Now, let me ask you from a legal perspective, Doug Burns, what is the obligation of, say, the district attorney? He doesn't have to give those documents. Could the grand jury say, hey, we want to see them? You know, Robert Costello was talking to us about it. Um, How does that work? What's the obligation to hand it?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because you gotta break the question down into sort of two avenues of an answer. Generally speaking, prosecutors are not required to offer or put in exculpatory evidence, which seems like kind of a shocking rule, uh, but it's pretty much true because the standard, as you've heard all the uh, you know experts and pundits explain, to get a grand jury indictment is probable cause. Everybody quotes Saul Wachler too much about how you can indict a ham sandwich, but the point is well taken. Uh, that the then chief judge of the New York Court of Appeals, the highest court, said, And so the point is, it's a low standard to get an indictment. You don't have to put in exculpatory or favorable evidence to the defense. But to your formulation, to your exact formulation, grand jurors are told that they have a legal right to request information uh, in the standard instructions to them. They have the right to request a witness if it dawns on them that they say, hey, we want to hear from Mr. John Smith, just a hypothetical name. So the point is, if to answer your question, Rita, if they've asked hey we want to see every one of those emails they're going to have to give it to them
0: that's a great so maybe they may have said hey we want to see something now if you are alvin bragg do you try to hurry up and rush it how important is it to a have a rebuttal witness to this blockbuster testimony but you also don't want the jurors apparently if you listen to what bob costello was saying doug burns Apparently, these grand jurors were nodding their heads, like kind of like, "Wow, I can't believe there's as you you know so aptly said, uh, 321 different uh, communications here. It is, and we only got to see six, and they were kind yeah. of in disgust. If you're Alvin if Bragg, grand- do you still try to push it through because you don't want to have those six or seven influence the other grand jurors because it's it's basically majority rule, right?
1: If grand jurors are shaking their heads. In one of the biggest hotbed anti-Trump hatred venues on this planet, Rita, (laughs) that tells you an awful lot, does it not?
0: Yes, it sure does, because they're the last ones who'd be shaking their heads, you know?
1: Exactly right. So the point is, I mean, you know... I like to try to play stuff down the middle, you know, as you know, you know, many on the right, you know, are reporting that, you know, the case is falling apart and all that on many levels. They're correct in my view, by the way. Um, You know, I think I, dangled out to you, you know, the notion and, you know, a week ago or whatever it was that, you know, maybe this thing isn't going to play out the way everybody's breathlessly reporting. I did say that. I'm not looking for any crystal ball awards, but I'm just telling you that this thing does appear to be unraveling. And you have senior um, assistant district attorneys in that office. And this does now implicate the Pomerantz book. Okay. I mentioned that book to you a couple weeks ago. I remember. I you remember. Know, Joe- I was joking around. How I'm not going to name the book and all that. But the point of the matter is, is that Pomerantz in this book that people are becoming more and more familiar with, as it is mentioned in media segments by everybody. You know, Mark Pomerantz, real quick, was a veteran federal prosecutor who was hired to be an assistant D.A. on this Trump matter. And he and another very, you know, elite lawyer, Forget the full name. Oh, Carrie Dunn, I believe it was. They both quit in a huff and they incorrectly concluded that Bragg was not, repeat, not going forward with the case. Okay. That was okay to quit in a huff. But what wasn't okay is that Mr. Pomerantz writes a book about the case incorrectly concluding that it's over. But guess what? It wasn't over. And I'm telling you right now, no. I talked to a 40 year veteran, very, very well known federal prosecutor. He prosecuted Gene Gotti, a huge case. And he, he was my supervisor at one point. He said he would have clearly advised Pomerantz not to write that book in a million years. So, what happened was in the book, he quotes senior assistant district attorneys all over the place, up and down showing tremendous skepticism about this case. That's point one. Point two, he quotes Alvin Bragg himself in the book as saying he was uncomfortable with using Michael Cohen as a witness. You believe that? Wyndham Hotels
0: and Resorts makes travel possible for all. That's amazing. And, of course, he clearly seems like he is the key witness. So now let me ask you, we don't know who, of course, if there is going to be a witness tomorrow in the grand jury. There may or may not be, but there are some reports that maybe they are. And if you suggest that maybe they couldn't get the witness, there's one report that there was an unidentified witness who was unable to appear today, and that might have been the reason. So if that's the case, do you think – I know I'm just getting you to read the tea leaves, Doug Burns, but – Do you think it's Michael Cohen or do you think some people were suggesting it might be Alan Weisselberg? That is the former CFO of Trump organization who is behind bars, who's like an elderly guy who's behind bars, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and and they have basically said, hey, if you do anything uh, untoward or whatever, we're going to throw the book at you even more. Do you think it's going to be someone other than Cohen or do you think they're going to bring back Cohen for I think it's like round 20?
1: No, that's very interesting. And you really have to draw an analogy to the famous Hail Mary situation in football. I'm serious. You know, there's four seconds left, and you're on your own 20-yard line, and the quarterback closes his eyes and heaves it 70 yards down the field. Here's the point. Any reasonable interpretation uh, of the distinction between Michael Cohn's testimony and Bob Costello's testimony, that's not even close, okay? One, again, convicted liar— lies up and down, etc. But two, Bob Costello, a very reputable lawyer comes in and calmly phlegmatically explains that this guy has lied over and over and over about these specific events. Because by the way, very important uh, for the listeners, very often what happens is a witness has lied on two other ancillary things and you cross examine and you lied there, this and that. But It's hard to demonstrate that they're lying now because there's backup or corroboration of it. But here the notion is Cohn is lying about this. He maintained over and over and over, okay, that he was not directed by President Trump to do this, et cetera, et cetera. And that's that's pretty devastating. But and again, broken record. It behooves me to repeat the point when you go in there and say I gave them 326, uh, you know, emails. Or texts. I don't recall. Yeah, I think it was a
0: combination of the two.
1: Okay. And they showed you six of those. That's absolutely can be devastating.
0: Yeah, I agree. So but regardless though, uh we don't know. They may still indict, like you just said, and we'll see uh who they bring in potentially tomorrow. It is gonna be blockbuster and it's actually like it's increased <laughs> the anticipation. You know, now it's like <laughs> we
1: didn't think you didn't think you could ratchet it up anymore. Uh but it is increasing it. But again Minor crystal ball. I'm not going to come right out and say, because I think I told you, you know, I can't predict whether he's going to be indicted. You know, I told you that a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, at this point, though, I have to adjust and say it's more likely that he's not indicted than it is that he is. But I can't say that he won't be.
0: Yeah. And, and I, you know, my, saying, my yeah. gut still tells me they're going to go through it just because Alvin Bragg at this point is so determined. But who knows, Doug? You know, uh, this is just a wild case. Doug, you got to come back on again soon. We love having you.
1: Appreciate you having me on, Rita. Good night.